0: where he leads I'll follow. We'll sing the first in this line stand. Let's all stand. We'll sing the song standing. Lord that we follow you this morning to the house of worship and Lord I pray and ask Lord that our worship would be done in spirit and in truth Lord speak to our hearts help us Lord to receive your word and take it in heart Lord help us Lord to live your word also Lord we pray God you bless that special need Lord this morning in Jesus name I pray Amen. thank you we're going to have our special a little early because one of the Huh? You can stay. Oh. Alright, he can stay. I love that. So let's let's sing uh, three sixty seven. Three hundred and sixty seven. <laughs> so back to you pages three hundred and sixty seven. His way with the <laughs>
1: You
2: live for Jesus and be always pure.
3: to us again, and we're glad to have you visiting today. Looks like a real Hawaiian.
2: <laughs>
1: Thank you, Sal. Oh, well, we're, we're just visiting this wife, Betty, I'll understand let you see who she is. This is my uh, sweet wife. And uh, we're here for our anniversary. We've come about three times now. But we've been in Australia now for 40 years as missionaries. And you know, it's amazing how you go different places. I mean, uh, we get here and we think we speak English, and no one here speaks English. <laughs> because you know English over there is is different again. I uh, and so we we try to uh, fit in. And I don't know what anyone said to me since I've been here. Uh, we're we're supposed to be on some some uh, road. I don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's Cuyo. I think that's the way up pronounce Cuyo. That's all right.
2: No. Okay.
1: What? No, no, the road we we're staying on in, in Waikiki, and there's a road there. It's called I think it's Kuhio, K U H I O, Kihio. Okay, that's good. See, I, and so we've been trying to figure out where we are. People say, "Well, where are you staying?" <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Over there. Yeah, and it's amazing. Straight, Australia is the same way. You see, when, when we got there, uh, we had to learn a different language. They they don't say hello; they say g'day. And so, yeah, uh, people try try to speak Australian to us. And he goes, G'day, how you going? It's not G'day, it's, G'day. And I say, now, what country are you from? And we say, we're in Australia. And they say, Australia? No, oh, Australia. <laughs> and so, it's different, yeah. Um, a friend of mine, uh, he's a bushy, see what we're doing right now, we, we're going to small towns in Queensland and a little places like 100 people, uh, down to uh, 35 people uh, in a town. And there's no churches or anything else. We're just carrying the gospel. And one of the men there, uh, uh, that come out of these towns, is just real bushy. And bushy is sort of like hillbilly over there. And they have their own language. And so I, 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 I met him one day and said, hey, how you going?" He said, "I good I." <laughs> He's got a deep, gravelly voice. And uh, yeah, I said, "How you going?" He said, oh, "I'm right, right. I said, "Well." What's it like coming in today? Because he's out in the bush, he's coming in off. Uh, yeah. And he says, oh, it's is really great. I was going down the track of the he off the right by Kamakanga, he came. To boom, throw, boom, go, boom, go, boom, 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 and over that track. And pulled I my corner up and over the bottom. of the goes, oh, tell me, but I just not think about how he is great. Yeah, they say when you speak in tongues, you can perfect. And see, that's, that, I, yeah, I understood most of what he said. But what he said was, yeah, mate, or yeah, friend, I had a really good time coming. I was going down the track, that's the road, in his you, in me uh, yeah. and that's his truck. And off the right there came a kanga, our kangaroo, he came bouncing along, bunga bonga bong and over the track he's going, Oh, uh, the road he goes, he says, and I caught him on the upper, he said, I hit him. <laughs> you know, when the king was bouncing, he went up in the air, and he's yeah. going down, I caught him on the, up, the upper,
2: <laughs> and, and
1: I hit him, he went over, the, he went over the, uh, the bonnet, or the hood of the truck, popped down the boot, fell on the back of the truck, just took him on home, His garden <laughs> you know, And so, you know, it's amazing how that, you know, you go places, and they say it's, the language is this, or this is the way, but you have to learn to Adapt and be where God wants you to be. You see, when I was saved in 1974, my wife and I were saved the same night. Uh, you know, I on one side of the bed, she on the other. And, you know, God saved us. Uh, when we, we asked Him to forgive us, we took, uh, took a uh, note that we were sinners, lost, hell bound, even Christ. And we cried out for the mercy of God and asked Him to save us, and He saved us. You know, and we came from a family of hardworking people. You know, and we understood that, you know, uh, you had chores to do. You had things you're, you're supposed to help out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and so when we got saved, we understood we were in the family of God. but We didn't mm-hmm. think we should have a free ride anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so we got active in church right away. Right. And this idea that, you know, going from place to place, doing something, uh, you know, was a little strange in one sense because we'd never gone out of our state. But god's called us and said i want you in australia I thought, man we would never been on an airplane we've never done anything we're just kind of country folk you know and god took us to that land we went to australia and we've been there like i said 40 years we have now started eight churches our ministry we're doing today is you know we're trying to start churches in small towns but we're, it's almost like a circuit right ministry we're going from little town to little town just yeah. You know, passing out uh, literature, you know, knocking on doors, talking to people in the streets, you know, just trying to find somebody we can lead to Christ. Okay. Hopefully you get a Bible study. Hopefully out of that will come a church. Mm-hmm. But there's no churches out there. You know uh, missionaries go to Australia, but everyone leaves the little little towns. Mm-hmm. And so all these people are out there. There's probably more of the population out there uh, that's being unreached. And so we were burdened of God since we, the last church we started. I said, go, go to these places. So that's what we're doing. So pray for us as we go Amen. back.
3: Amen. Amen. I'm not sure I understood a word he said. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Well, that's a blessing. Uh, pray for them. And uh, we'll keep in touch. And then when we... We'll Go home today, I'll say good day. Good day. Good
2: day. <laughs> All
3: right, today is Hannah's birthday, I think. Is that right? Yes.
2: yes Yesterday yes, is Hannah's
3: birthday, and uh, she's staying home watching uh, Nathan Kai. He's not feeling good. But several people in our church have been feeling kind of sick, too. I wanted to pass on to you a, a card that was sent to me or given to me, and I will keep it anonymous for fear of embarrassing this person. <clears throat> but this person is a dear Pastor Cam and Miranda. I try not to get discouraged when I grocery shop. Sometimes I come home and cry. My natural reaction is to help others about this because we are all affect, affected. The good Lord gave me the perfect job so that I can share and give Him glory. I am so thankful for it. I want to give more. And then uh, thanks by more. Th- I want to give more. I want to give more. She's Australian. <laughs> <laughs> i want to give more thanks by giving you a little help for the holiday we give thanks god bless you and i will sign with this person uh, this person is reflecting how people feel about rising costs and prices of things and uh, it reminded me to tell you that um, it affects the church too when people are having a difficult time with gas prices and other things too uh, our state's not the only state, but we are affected nonetheless, and so this person was, was expressing how it uh, it hurts to not be able to have as much buying power, and yet this person is um, sharing something that they have gotten from a, a, what is it called, side gig? Is that the, the hippie way of saying things, side gig? Side gig? Help me somebody, you modern people. Sure. Is it a side gig? Yes, yes. Okay, so she has a side gig, and uh, she has being a blessing. Now, um, I am doing some side gig stuff myself, and so I had forgot to give my tie for was it three months for the for the for the side gig. Yeah, I've been tithing myself, of course, but my side gig I've neglected it. So she's my my you know, as with most married people, the, the intelligent more attractive one, the more careful one and so I have neglected to do something and so um, she caught up with it and so here's my check for my catching up of my, my tie for my side gig thing and so you know I'm glad to do this because I'm, I'm happy to help the church this is my church in the sense of I belong here um, so I'm glad to do this so this is it, she wrote it out and she says guess what and she, she told me how much it was I says, really where did that come from she said, well, this is what you've been working on. This is what you've been doing. I said, really? And so I'm going to have about that. And if you care to know what it is, you're not going to know. But only those who do the offering of accounting, they know. Someone has to record it, but uh, and, and I know too. So I was surprised at how much uh, this is because um, you know, I didn't think so. I'm happy to do that. I'm just reminding you today that you be faithful to the Lord. And I've been doing this since 1971. I've been taught this since 1971. And I don't when I, when I learned how to tithe, pardon me, when I learned how to tithe, no one told me how to tithe. I just saw in the Bible, Proverbs 3, I give God my first fruits. I give God my best. So before I pay my taxes, this is just me. I give God off the top. I always do that. I don't even think about it. I just do it. It's automatic now. It's not even a matter of prayer. I just do it. And so, same thing with this over here. Anytime I do extra money from painting someone's house or, you know, like that, I always tithe off of that. If I forget to, she should remind me. It's because we're grateful to God for the ability that He has given to us to do something.
2: Amen. Then,
3: I, know. I know that if God didn't help us, we couldn't do anything. Amen. And I want you to know too, it's the same thing with all of us. So I always put the Lord first about these things. Maybe this Christmas Matthew urged and compelled to, um, think about gifts for Christmas for your family, for your loved ones and so on. Uh, that's all good. You know, some people are against giving up Christmas presents because of a verse in Jeremiah or something like that. I mean, let's be real. You're human. You have loved ones. You, 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 you love them. You care for them. You express it by gift giving and so on. It probably goes on throughout the year, too. But as you think about giving Christmas gifts, would you think about uh, giving a, a, a Christmas gift to the Lord, meaning it translates into giving something to the church? You know? I've never said that before.
2: Mm.
3: I never have, Francis. When I think about that, I'm saying, it's amazing. I never... I never have said that before but this year i am it's because the church needs it and so you ask lord to help you to uh, give something to the church uh on behalf of uh, your blessings that he's given to you okay all right now i know a church in uh, another state on a wednesday night that had a bill of five thousand dollars for their church and their school and so on and so the pastor got up and said we have a, and he held up the, from the electric company, and he said, we have a bill of $5,000, it's gotta be paid by the end of the week. He says, we gotta raise $5,000 tonight, on a Wednesday night. Wednesday night crowds are much smaller than Sunday morning. We have gotta raise $5,000 on Wednesday night tonight before we go home. I'm just wondering if anybody here would like to step up and give something toward this. There's, a, there's an awkward silence. It was just a few seconds, but it seemed like a long time. And then somebody raised their hand, and somebody said, I'll give this much, and somebody said, I'll give this much, and then it kind of went on like that. And then by the time they were all done, they had raised $5,000. But then he said, we can't go home until we raise $5,000. Of course, it's a large church. And so, I've never felt comfortable doing that. I probably won't ever do something like that, if there ever is a need to do that. But that's what they felt led to do. Okay. I'm just simply saying to you that sometimes the church has um, um, needs that has to be met, and it's about money. And so, just be faithful to God all in the time. Okay, that's what you got to do. All right, praise the Lord. This is Thanksgiving week, and we had a good time at 9:30. Good music. The kid did a, a special of some kind, and uh, it was very nice. It was a blessing. And then we looked at Psalm 100, and I just want you to think about one thing before I turn over to Francis to give some more music. And Miles can teach just a minute. Um, how is it possible to be thankful? How is it possible to apply Romans eight twenty eight and be thankful when some things are not very good? Romans eight twenty eight. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them what they're called they according call, to His purpose. But when things do not look so good, how can a Christian be thankful when things do not look so good? We all go through things. This year has been like that for some of you. Some things are not so good, and yet you're told to be thankful. Yet you're told Romans 8.28 is true. But sometimes it's hard isn't to be thankful when things are not so good. What do you do? What do you do? Well, you believe the Bible. Believe the Word of God. And you keep thanking Him in faith. Because God knows what goes on. And God is always good, to remember that from Psalm 100. And He knows how to take care of things in His time. So being faithful is the important thing. And no one's gonna no one's gonna bother you. I'm not gonna bother you. I'm just gonna tell what the Bible says. And my 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 testimony is for all of these years since nineteen seventy one, I've been doing that and God has never I've never felt like God cheated me or my wife or my family. And uh, not to say that things have not been tight. Um, that's just life. But we have never thought, you know, we're not gonna, we're not gonna give to God. We never thought that. Amen. We always thought it's the right thing to do. We do it in faith, in obedience. And however Lord does it, He does take care of things, and He always has. You know. Do you know that in the life of our church, we don't own this place. Every place where we have rented, our least from the first place we rented way back was like scary and then the Lord took care of all of that and then after three years uh, landlord they always raised the rent and then uh, scary but the Lord always took care of that and, uh, and then we change location and then we get stabilized and all that and then they always keep raising the rent again things keep piling up it's always it's always scary it's always scary and yet the Lord keeps taking care of things no high pressure on our part no, no writing you nasty letters. Give or else kind of thing. We never have done that. We never will. The Lord has always been faithful to take care of things. But He's used people. He's used people to take care of things. And every once in a while, we had a surprise blessing from somewhere else. They heard a broadcast or something and they wanted to send something. And that's always, you know, a blessing. And, um, so that's just to give you some kind of a awareness of, uh, it's, it's a blessing to give. Yeah. And, um, uh, I know one thing. I'm grateful that I have the health to do something on this side. Yeah, I do. And whether it be a painting house or doing other things, I'm glad I get to do that. I can do that. I would do that. I'm not gonna have you do something that I'm not gonna do myself. Okay? Somebody said, oh, you know, you always talk about yourself as the hero. No, 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 no. It's to be an example. It's to be an example, period. That's all it is. And if I tell you to do something, and I expect myself to do this well, okay? And I know one thing, my grandkids, they tie too. They get money for working, you know what they do? They put in their quarters and dimes and nickels and
0: $100 bills. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, it's not like that, the $100 bill part. So it's a blessing that they're being taught to do the right thing. Okay, I'm gonna step aside, and then Fats gonna lead some more singing, and then gonna uh,
0: come up and teach. <clears throat> One more Carnivore song. Let's start to I don't know, find my list here somewhere. Eight? Three twenty three.
1: What happened to my list? Three
0: twenty three. Oh, I know where it is. Probably somebody took it. So. More luck to thee. Three hundred twenty three. <coughs> I'm not sure.
4: Under Luke chapter four, today we'll conclude our series on Bible topics in alphabetical order. And so, next time I come up here, I'll have a different series of lessons for you. Luke chapter four. I'm going to be bring you a message about worship, worship is worship. The definition of worship is basically an expression of reverence or adoration or devotion, especially to a deity. Usually the word worship is used in a sort of a religious context or spiritual context. The term that when people hear the word worship, they usually, a lot of even Christians, a lot of times they associate it with singing. They'll say that The worship service they'll limit it to praise and worship music they like to say they'll limit it to singing so I've heard some people say in a church service that the worship service is the portion of the service where there's music and then after that there's preaching Uh, worship is not limited to singing some people think well worship is praying well praying is part of worship but worship is certainly not limited to praying refers to much more than that. The first time the word worship was used in the Bible was when Abraham took Isaac and he had two servants and he told his servants "So wait here and I'm going to take the young lad and we're going to go off and we're going to worship. And what he was referring to is offering his son Isaac as a sacrifice and he called that worship and that was in obedience to what God had commanded him. So Worshiping God is basically doing what God has instructed you to do, being obedient to God. That entails a lot of things which we're going to look at today. But Look look at Luke chapter 4. First of all, what's the object of our worship? Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, verse 8. Here, Jesus is in the wilderness. He's being tempted by the devil. And in Luke chapter 4, verse 8, it says, And Jesus answered... And said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. So what is the object of our worship when we worship God as Christians, as Bible believers? What should be the object of our worship? Obviously, it goes without saying the object of our worship should be God, and God alone. In the Bible, in Revelation chapter 19, verse 10, John, he talked about how there was an angel and it says, And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The angel said, No, John, no, 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 don't don't worship me. You only worship God. The angel knew that if he allowed John to worship him, He would be stealing worship from God. God alone is worthy of our worship, and nobody else should be worshiped. God is the object of our worship. Do you know that oftentimes in the Bible that Jesus Christ accepted worship? See, Jesus never refused or rejected worship like the angel did when John tried to worship him. When people worship Jesus, Jesus never in the Bible said, No, no, don't worship me. You only worship the Father. Only worship God. Jesus never refused worship. Now, if Jesus was not God in the flesh, then that was a sin to to accept worship from somebody. He was stealing the glory and the worship from God if Jesus was not God. But we know that Jesus was God in the flesh. That's the deity of Christ. Uh, One of the reasons is because he did accept worship. You go into the average Roman Catholic church and what you see, you see graven images. You see statues of saints, statues of Mary. You hear the the rosary being prayed and they have the rosary, the beads. Fifty times they pray, Hail Mary, Hail Mary, Hail Mary, Hail Mary. Fifty times they will pray to Mary. They call Mary the Queen of Heaven. That falls under the, the definition of worship. What's the definition of worship? Expression of reverence or adoration, especially of a deity. I mean, if you have any knowledge of the Roman Catholic Church or any background of, of Roman Catholicism, uh, I went to a Roman Catholic school for two years in elementary school, and I remember distinctly some of the things that they did. They had in, on, on the school grounds, they had a, a large, large life-size statue of Mary, and I remember... Uh, the, the whole school went out one time and they led us in a prayer to Mary, to the statue of Mary. That is idolatry. Right. That is worshiping something other than God. God should be the only object of our worship. According to the Guinness Book of World Records, the largest golden statue or, or, or figure in the, in the whole world is the Golden Buddha in Bangkok, Thailand. And this statue, it is just under 10 feet tall. It weighs five and a half tons. And the estimated value of it, just the, co- the gold content of itself, not the historical value of the statue or anything, just the gold itself, the weight of the gold, is estimated at approximately $250 million. An idol. An idol. People worship idols. Paul went into a city in the book of Acts and he says the whole city was given to idolatry. 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 People all over the world worship idols. People here in the United States, they worship idols. Although they may not be in the form of a graven image, but in Ezekiel, the Bible talks about people having idols in their heart. Idols in their heart. Colossians chapter 3 verse 5 says covetousness, which is idolatry. Did you know that when you covet something according to the Bible, that that is a form of idolatry? And in, in what is idolatry? Idolatry is worshiping an idol, correct? So if you are if you are guilty of idolatry then you are worshiping something other than God. God should be the object of our worship. And if you have covetousness in your heart or if you have some other things, idols in your heart, basically anything that is more important to you than God is an idol, an idol in your heart. You've heard of American Idol, (laughs) the TV show American Idol. You know, there are many American Idols. You know, the United States is is a country that's given to idolatry, may not be in the form of graven images, but idols in people's hearts. What are some American idols? Money. Money is an idol. Money is an American idol. Some people worship money. Many people worship celebrities. Imagine (laughs) some people (laughs) thinking that just because somebody is a good actor in a movie should be somebody that we should follow when it comes to political advice (laughs) because somebody can play a role in a movie some people worship entertainment some people worship sports you've seen some people who at these sporting events how fanatical they are yes, that's an idol in their heart some people worship pleasure the Bible says lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God but many people worship themselves self-worship. The Bible says in the last days men shall be lovers of their own selves. You heard of a selfie? Taking a picture of yourself? No, I'm not saying that it's one to pick, take a picture of yourself every time. But some people, they are in love with themselves. Some people their self-worth is derived from how many likes they have on Instagram and Facebook. They are in love with themselves. Narcissists. Narcissism. Love of self. They love themselves. They love themselves so much. You ever heard people say, you know what? In order to love other people, you need to learn to love yourself. Uh, no, 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 you don't. If you love yourself, then you won't be able to love other people because you love yourself too much. You need to learn to stop loving yourself and love God so you can love other people. Uh, the Bible says men shall be lovers of their own selves in the last days. Uh, some people love themselves so much they... they, they Post a picture of themselves every day on social media. Look at me. Look at me. Here I am. Here I am. Look at me. Aren't you wonderful? You love yourself. Uh, Some people worship nature, they worship Mother Earth. I read an article of of an interview of a famous professional surfer, and he said, My church is the ocean. My church is the ocean. Well, that's an honest profession. Nature is his god. Surfing is his god. I've heard people say that to me. My, I, I invited people to church. They say, "No, uh, when I I go to church, when I when I go surfing, that's my church." What does that mean? Some people say, "Well, what that means is I don't believe in organized religion." You ever heard that one? What that means is they don't believe in lo- the local church. That's what they mean. Oh, I'm spiritual but I'm not religious. What does that mean? Oh, I don't I'm I'm spiritual. I believe in God, but I don't believe in organized religion. Meaning I don't believe in an organization, a congregation, uh, whatever. I don't believe in coming to church. I just believe in having my own relationship with God in my own way, the way I want to, the way I choose. I don't need to go to church to worship God. Well, you don't need to go to church to worship God, but coming to church is part of worship. If you want to be obedient to the Word of God, then you need to come to church. Doesn't the Bible say forsaking not the assembling of ourselves together? Doesn't the Bible say in Ephesians chapter 4 that God gave certain gifts to the body of Christ in the way of, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers? Are there pastors and teachers out in the water when you go surfing or in in the wilderness when you go hiking? No, so so the the Bible. If you want to be true to the Word of God and you want to worship God the way that the Bible has instructed, part of that worship includes church membership. Right.
5: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm
4: -hmm. Some people worship nature, the earth, pantheism. Some people were some professing Christians. You might not believe this this is it is so getting so wild the apostasy Union Theological Seminary hosted a chapel service where the students of the seminary came up they had a bunch of plants in the room up in front and they came and confessed their climate sins to the plants <laughs> The article said, "This is not Babylon B. <laughs> this is this is real." And they had a picture to prove it. They had a bunch of plants with these students kneeling down confessing their climate sins to the plants. And they said that the, when the the school was, um, they, somebody reached out to the school to verify it. And the school did not deny it. They actually defended it. Imagine these seminary students coming and confessing. What are they going to say? Forgive for Mother Earth, nature, forgive me for driving my car to school instead of walking. Forgive me for uh, using these uh, fossil fuels and and carbon monoxide polluting the earth and all of this. I mean, I wonder what they said. Uh, that is not worshiping God. Now, you know, all of this, this nature worship and all these things that we see, Coming together, you know what everybody is getting conditioned to do? They are doing they're being conditioned to worship the devil. Right. Right. Go to Revelation chapter 13. Jesus said, Thou shalt worship God, and Him only shalt thou serve. People don't want to worship God. Why is that? Some people don't want to worship God because they want to be their own God. Or they instinctively know that God is going to interfere with their fun. Revelation chapter 13, verse 4. You know what this whole world is getting ready to do? Revelation chapter 13, verse 4. They're getting ready to worship the devil. It says, and they worship the dragon. Who is the dragon in the Bible? Satan. And they worship the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worship the beast, saying, who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? That's what's going to happen in the future. People are going to, the whole world is going to, for the most part, we know there's going to be a, a believing remnant during the tribulation. But for the most part, the whole world, they are going to be deceived and they are going to worship the devil himself. Alright, what should be our attitude of worship? Our attitude of worship. The Bible says in John four twenty four, God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. In spirit and and in truth, not worship after the flesh, not worship in error. You know, Jesus said when he prayed to the father in John 17, he said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So if Jesus said God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship human spirit and in truth, that means that you need to be worshiping God according to what the truth is says when it comes to worship when it comes to worship some professing christian churches have a strange idea of what worshiping god is some some uh, churches they will start off with a, what resembles a rock concert followed by speaking in tongues violating every rule in the book of first corinthians chapter 14 holy laughter slaying in the spirit, rolling around, acting like they're drunk in the spirit, holy laughter, acting, barking like dogs. I mean, you can... I'm not exaggerating. You can see this big, large metropolitan churches around the world engaging in this type of behavior under the guise of worship. That is not worship. That is not biblical worship. That is not worshiping God in spirit and in truth. The Bible says... But in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Jesus talking about the Pharisees. The Pharisees did not worship God in spirit and in truth. The Pharisees, their their form of worship, it was all outward. It was all for show. Oh yeah, they, they appear holy on the outward. Jesus said, you know, you guys, you're like white-edged sepulchers. You're just like a grave in the cemetery. Oh yeah, nice polished marble and granite engraved manicured grass, nice flowers, everything, but what's what's underneath that? A dead corpse. And Jesus said, that's how you guys are. Oh yeah, you look really good and holy and pious on the outside, but what's in your heart? What's in your heart? For vain do they worship me. Worshiping God in vain. How? At teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. They were not worshiping him in spirit and in truth. It was not according to the word of God. Yeah. They were adding to the word of God. Their heart was not right; it was all outward. David said in Psalms fifty-one, seventeen: "The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit; a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise." David was saying, "You know what's, what? What? God wants? Sure, he obviously God in the Old Testament has had commanded the nation of Israel to um, offer sacrifices and all those things." But, you know, if the heart was not right, the service was in vain. Just because they were doing all these things that were commanded to them in the scriptures according to the outward, the the temple and the the offerings and the feast days and all those things, uh, if they were doing that with an impure heart, God was not pleased with it. You know, in in the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul talked about the Corinthians abusing the Lord's Supper. You know, that's supposed to be part of worship. We come to church, we partake of the Lord's Supper, and Paul said, you know what, when you guys come together, you know what you guys are doing? Some of the the rich people, they're making a big feast out of it, and then the poor people, they're they're looking at this, and you guys are all separated and divided up into your little cliques and groups and things, and the the rich people, they, they have a big feast, and the poor people, they don't have anything. That's not the purpose of the Lord's Supper. That's worshiping God in vain. The nation of Israel, you know what they did with the temple worship? They mixed paganism with the worship and the things that God had commanded them to do in the Old Testament. They started worshiping idols and all of these other things, mixing it, blending it with the ceremonial Levitical worship. And God said, you know, I hate your burnt offerings. I hate it. When God used the analogy of, of saying that when I smell your burnt offerings, oh, it, it stinks. Oh, 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 disgusting, it stinks. Why would he say that? In other passages, he says, when I smell the, the smoke of your burnt offerings, it'll be as a sweet savor. Oh, it smells so good. Why was he saying that? Because he said when you're doing it with a pure heart and you're doing what I told you to do, I'm pleased with your obedience. But if you do what I commanded you to do, burn offerings, and you're not doing it with a pure heart, and it's not in spirit and in truth, and you're mixing it with idolatry, oh, I'm not going to be pleased with it. It's going to I'm going to liken it to something that stinks. God did not accept it. God did not accept it. Worship him in spirit and in truth. What about methods of worship? So we know that there are some distinctions between Old Testament and New Testament worship when it comes to God. We know that in the Old Testament, part of their worship included animal sacrifices. We know in the New Testament, Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. He is the... Um, perfect, final, complete sacrifice once and forever. We understand that. We understand in the Old Testament they had the temple. There was a lot of ceremonies attached to the Old Testament worship. They had the Levitical Levitical priest. They had incense. They had all these different ceremonies and things that they were supposed to follow. In the New Testament, the body of the believer is the temple. In the New Testament you have the permanent indwelling of the Holy Spirit. In the New Testament we have the local church. In the New Testament, sacrifices are different. So what are some ways that we should, some methods, I should say, of worshiping God in the New Testament here today in the church age as believers? Well, go to Romans chapter 12. We're not supposed to offer animal sacrifices. We understand that. But did you know part of our worship still includes includes sacrifices? Sacrifices, not animal sacrifices. What kind of sacrifices? Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Part of your worship includes you presenting yourself. Not as a dead sacrifice. God would... Rather have you live for him than die for him. That's great. If you, if you have to die for God, if it comes down to it, and you have to be a martyr, that's great. If you, if, the Bible says, um, talks about, um, be thou faithful unto death, and I'll give thee a crown of life. And it talks about people who, who, who died as martyrs, and they're going to die as martyrs in the tribulation and all of that. But here the Bible talks about being a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. God wants you to live for him you know things that you do there are ways to sacrifice things in your life like your time sacrificing your time as part of worshiping God I'm sure many of us here there are other things that we our flesh would rather be doing right now than being here you know it takes me an hour to drive here one way that's time that's money Gas is expensive. That's time, that's money. That's a sacrifice that I'm willing to make in order to be here as part of me worshiping God. Church church attendance is a priority. It's just like going to work. I don't go to work only if I feel like it. Only if gas is not expensive. Only if I'm not too tired. Only if the surf is not up. Only if I don't have anything else better to do. Only if my favorite sports team is not playing. Only if, you see, but some Christians, that's their attitude toward church attendance. Misplaced priorities. They'll attend church maybe once a month if they don't have something else that is more important to them going on at the time. That's not true worship. That's not true worship. Worship involves sacrifice. Sacrifice of money. Sacrifice of pleasure. Sacrifice of all kinds of things. All kinds of things. A living sacrifice. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Do all to the glory of God. Basically, everything that you do in your life, living for God and trying to obey the word of God and trying to please God is part of you worshiping God. You don't have to come to church to worship God. You don't have to pray to, I mean, yes, those things are part of worshiping God, but you should worship God seven days a week in your life as a Christian, trying to live for him, trying to please him. Go to first Peter chapter two. 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 5. Something else about sacrifices. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house. Okay, see difference? Old Testament, it was a physical, physical house. A holy priesthood. You are a priest, the priesthood of the believer. In the Old Testament, you have the Levitical priests. In the New Testament, you are a priest to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Spiritual sacrifices. What are some spiritual sacrifices? We already saw that you yourself should be a sacrifice. You know what the Bible also says? The sacrifices of praise, the sacrifices of thanksgiving, Those are considered spiritual sacrifices. Things in your life that you do as a child of God are part of worshiping God. All of those things are entailed in worship. The Bible says pray without ceasing. When you have your daily devotions, your private time, when you pray to God, when you read your Bible, you have your devotions. That is part of worship. When you try to deny the flesh and and the Bible says, walk after the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You try to walk after the Holy Spirit. You try to resist temptation, resist the devil and all those things to, in order to please God. That is part of you worshiping God as a child of God, a born again believer. So worship, worship. The object again, the object of our worship, obviously God. Nobody else, no other thing in your life should be more important than God. The attitude of your worship in spirit and in truth with a contrite heart and then the methods of your worship is how you live your life as a Christian, your obedience to the Word of God with the right heart. Some people think, oh, well, if I have the outward appearance, I'm spiritual. Some people, some churches, they emphasize the length of your hair, the clothing, all external. That's what they preach on. Standard, 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 standard. You need to look a certain way as a Christian. And then the congregation, they get this impression. that Well, if I look a certain way, that means I'm spiritual. Not necessarily. The Pharisees looked a certain way. On the other extreme, you have people saying, "Well, God, God does not care how you look. All he, all he cares about is your heart." And then people get the impression, "Oh, I can look like the world then because you know, Bible says, I saw this verse. God doesn't care. Man looks on the outward appearance. God looks on the heart. Take it out of context. Oh, so I can look any way I want. Doesn't matter. Here's the thing: if your heart is right. The the, the outward should reflect the inward. If your heart is right, everything else will fall into place. Some churches, they say, well, it's wrong for women to wear makeup. It's wrong for for women to, you know, you have to have your hair a certain length and you can't can't do this, can't do this, can't do this, can't do this. And they emphasize the standard. Almost like you have to be like Amish in order to be spiritual. And then people say, see, look, look, look at everybody else. I'm so I'm so separated that I'm I'm spiritual because everybody else, they're carnal because look how they look. And then their heart, that's that's like being a Pharisee. That's not true worship. That's not true worship. If the heart is right, everything else will fall into place. That's what true worship is. All right, let's go ahead and dismiss in prayer. Lord, thank you for the word of God. Thank you for showing us these things about. Worship the importance of worshiping you, how to worship you, how to approach you. We know that Christ is our our mediator. We have um, access to the throne of grace. We can come boldly to the throne of grace in time of need. And that's part of our worship is coming to you through Jesus Christ. I pray that you'll help all of us to understand the importance of worshiping you that we would not have any idols in our heart, that we would give you the, the, the preeminence, the, the proper place in our lives so that we can be acceptable living sacrifices to you. In Jesus' name, amen.